Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Chapter 14. For the rest of the world, the days were getting longer, coming alive again under the lingering sunshine. Blossoms fell away to reveal thick green leaves, and the harsh wind slowed to a gentle breeze. Summer was stealing over the city, but Scully kept her focus on the 12-hour clock rather than the yearly calendar, managing her life in ever-shrinking increments. Tomorrow, she couldn't predict. She renewed her confidence hour by hour. She played Mulder's memory game in her head and marveled at how much life she had fit into just 33 years. She grabbed more where she could, inking moments with indelible marker so she would never forget them. Her living room at sunset turned pink and shadowed. Cinnamon tea with her mother served on Grandmother Scully's delicate china. Mulder talking to himself in the shower, his deep voice rumbling off the porcelain tiles. Still, she hadn't told him about the metastasis. At work, she had begun tacking bits of mementos to his bulletin board. Scraps of old cases and communications she had amassed and somehow never quite managed to throw out over the years. A picture of yellow gunk on the ground next to a car tire. There was a finger in the shot, in the goo, and she knew it had to be his finger because the person wasn't wearing any gloves and she was always yelling at him for stunts like that. Their first national headline together, FBI investigates deaths at Icy Cape. A button he'd lost during his struggle with the Beast Woman that she had offered to sew on, but never had. She had told her mother two days ago after dinner, reciting her terminal diagnosis like it was just another medical finding, while her mother's eyes welled with tears. I feel okay for now, she had tried to reassure, but her mother was already in mourning, ready to go to church and pray for her soul. She'd sent Scully home with chicken soup and an electric blanket, as though Scully were dying of the common cold. Scully had eaten the soup, but used Mulder for warmth instead. Sometimes, she suspected he already knew. He still talked about their future with dog determination. There's a MUFON conference here this fall, Scully. We should definitely check it out. As she slowed down, grew quieter, he leapt forward, making more noise than ever. Their caseload doubled. He talked nonstop. When they walked, he practically ran on ahead, as if to pull her along by sheer enthusiasm alone. As he careened from one case to another at breakneck speed, she barely had breath to argue science with him. It was the Mulder equivalent of sticking his finger in his ears and singing, la 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 la. So, she waited for some silence, for a break where she could slip in the awful words. She ignored the niggling voice that told her she was a coward, afraid he wouldn't stop moving when she needed him. Afraid he would. She rolled over under the blanket, snuggling into his pillows, and listened to him clatter around in her kitchen. He had the radio on to the oldies songs and was half singing along in an off-keyed echo that made her smile. She closed her eyes and enjoyed the sounds of her life. Scully, he called a minute later. Breakfast. The scent of pancakes drifted into the bedroom, and Scully waited for her stomach to pass judgment. It gave a feeble growl, and she decided eating might be worth a try. Wrapping a terry cloth robe around herself, she padded barefoot towards the kitchen. She stopped in the doorway and covered her smile with one hand. 
Mulder wore her flowered apron over his boxers and was wrangling misshapen pancakes from a griddle as he swayed his hips to the beat. Baby, baby, where did our love go? Good morning, she offered, and he stopped singing to grin at her. Hey, Scully, everything's ready. He set the plate of pancakes on the table with a flourish, still moving to the music. I see that. Nice outfit. Come on, he said, dancing around her, extending his hand. We're grooving in here. Mulder, no, she said, but she was smiling. Scully, yes. He joined the song again, louder this time, and grabbed her hand. I've got this yearning, burning yearning, feeling inside me. You're insane. Oh, deep inside me, and it hurts so bad. She allowed him to twirl her around slowly. He shimmied his hips. You came into my heart, so tenderly. She laughed as they spread apart and came back together again. Crazy, she pronounced again, but he kept singing. Baby, baby, where did our love go? Oh, don't you want me? Don't you want me no more? Baby, 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 please don't leave me. Scully stopped dancing. Oblivious, Mulder circled around her, still crooning. Oh, please don't leave me. All by myself. She pulled away and backed up. Scully? I... I need my slippers, she said. I'll be right back. Kay. He swayed back in the direction of the table, humming. Oh, please don't leave me. She left before he could see her tears. Friday morning, Mulder was extra twitchy. He was in and out of his chair, up and down, back and forth around the office, faxing, filing, and making phone calls that he did not seem to want to share with her. Scully just sat in the eye of the storm and tried not to get blown away. By the afternoon, she was exhausted from watching him, and so she left a little early. He muttered a goodbye from his place over the printer, his tie loose and his hair on end from too many passes with his fingers. Scully left with heavy footsteps, just knowing he would call eventually with some hot case in Timbuktu. She made up her mind not to get dragged along this time. 48 hours of rest. That's all she wanted. On Monday, they could chase their tails again. He rang almost as soon as she got home. Scully collapsed on the couch with her phone, her arm draped over her eyes, as she tried to concentrate on the conversation. Hey, Scully, I've got something I need to check out right away. Mulder, I can't. Can't what? Can't go with you on whatever case you've drummed up for us. We've been working for 12 straight days, and I need a break. That's why I was calling. Take your break, Scully. Get some rest. I'll talk to you when I get back. Scully stood up as she realized he never intended to invite her along. Back from where, Mulder? You can't go off on a case by yourself. It's not safe. It's not a case, he paused. It's more of a personal discovery mission. Just something I have to do for myself. I promise. I'll tell you everything when I get back. She should have fought harder for details, she realized later. She should have realized something was wrong. But she was so tired, so worn down. All she needed was two days of quiet to get her energy back. The problem was, she'd forgotten how much trouble Mulder could get into in two days. Mulder, where are you? She asked when he finally called at five in the morning on Sunday. I think I'm in a motel in Providence. I don't remember. The words sent prickles of fear climbing up her spine. What are you doing there? I don't remember how I got here. There's, there's blood all over me. Scully was already kicking her way free of the covers. Are you hurt, Mulder? 
the silence on the other end drew out for an eternity. I don't think so, he said at last. I don't think it's my blood. Scully let the curtain fall shut again as Mulder roared away in their car. Sheer adrenaline kept her upright at this point. She hadn't slept in two days, since Mulder's first call from the motel room. Not your problem, Mulder had said, but every one of his actions pleaded for help. Increasingly erratic, possibly dangerous. Now he'd rushed out the back door and left her stranded at his mother's house. Tina Mulder emerged from the back room, looking pale and shaken. Is he gone? she asked in a hushed voice. Scully's answer was grim. Yes, and we need to find him before he hurts himself or someone else. He was acting like a madman. The things he said. Mrs. Mulder shivered, but Scully felt no sympathy. All Scully knew of this frail woman was that she had not loved Mulder well enough. Whatever other sins the woman might have committed surely paled in comparison. Did he say where he was going? Mrs. Mulder shook her head. No, he just ran out of here like he was on fire. He was bleeding, though. Here. She touched her fingertips to her scalp. Just what sort of treatment did he undergo? Dr. Goldstein, Scully muttered, her heart racing. She looked Mulder's mother squarely in the eyes. I need to borrow your car. Scully's random thought as she drove up to the old abandoned Mulder family summer home was how odd it was that so many of the houses stood empty after all these years, as though they, too, lived trapped with Mulder in 1973. But now it was Mulder's memories that held him prisoner, and it was up to her to get him out before the truth he sought took him to the grave. Her instructions to the men waiting outside were short and sweet. If Mulder should try to flee, do not shoot. She opened the door and called his name in the darkness. Leave me alone, Scully. Never, she thought, and took several more steps into the house. The sight of him kneeling with his gun at his throat took her breath away. It's all falling into place, he murmured, his eyes closed, the gun barrel grazed his jaw. Scully swallowed and held out her hands to him. Mulder, put the gun down. No, don't try to stop me. Please, Mulder. He whirled and pointed at her. Get away. Scully froze. She licked her lips. Consider the irony of shooting a dead woman. You going to shoot me, Mulder? Is that how much this means to you? He nodded, and her blood ran cold. Mulder, listen to me. You've been given a powerful hallucinogen. You don't know that these memories are yours. You've got to trust me. The gun barrel wavered. Shut up. Put the gun down, she repeated. Let it go. Mulder's arm shook, and for a flash, Scully thought he might shoot. At the last second, he turned again and fired five rapid shots into the wall. Scully's heart jumped with each explosion, and the shock to her ears sent them buzzing. Mulder collapsed in on himself like a house of cards. As the noise echoed and her head dimmed, she could hear Mulder sobbing. She crossed to him and knelt down by his side, laying her cheek against his back. It never stops, he said. Cringing under her touch, it just never stops. She held him. I know. Later, slumped over Mulder's hospital bed, Scully didn't wake until Skinner touched her shoulder. She jerked and blinked rapidly, trying to get her bearings. Sir, she said, as she stretched. Her voice was scratchy from too little sleep. What are you doing here? He frowned. I could say the same thing to you, he whispered. You should be in bed. 
I'm fine, she said as she stood. Skinner glanced at Mulder. How is he doing? Better. She rubbed her eyes. Tests suggest there have been no serious cerebral damage, but we'll know more in a few days. The set of Skinner's jaw did not relax. I heard he took a shot at you. You heard wrong. He never fired at me. The steel returned to her backbone. I'm not sure that's going to matter. From what I understand, Agent Mulder knowingly submitted himself for this. Skinner's mouth twisted around the word. Treatment. He took a potentially lethal drug and allowed a man to drill holes in his head. These actions suggest someone who is dangerously close to the edge. Sir, at the time, Agent Mulder did not know about the side effects of the drug, and... And you, Skinner said, instead of hauling his ass to the nearest hospital like you should have, you played chauffeur to his reckless behavior. Dangerous and stupid. I expect better from both of you. Her chin lifted. Yes, sir. If he wanted to lay the blame on her, that was fine. Skinner sighed and looked over at Mulder again. The answers he was looking for, he said. Did he find them? Scully's gaze slid to the floor. I don't think so. A goddamn suicide mission, Skinner muttered. He turned back to Scully. Just because I understand the desperation doesn't mean I have to sanction it. The truth is that neither one of you should be out in the field right now. I am not going to let this go on until I get a call from the morgue asking me to come down and identify one or both of you. I won't allow it. Sir, if you'll let me ex- You're going to get to explain it all to the review board. In the meantime, I don't want to see either of you near the Hoover building. Scully bit her lip. Mulder had been running their caseload on fast forward lately, aiming a last Hail Mary pass at the truth as the seconds ticked out on the clock. He would not be thrilled to find out she'd let them get benched. I really don't think that's necessary, she said. We'll slow down. Skinner fixed her with a hard look. I think it's long past necessary. I know what's going on. I've been reading your reports and watching the receipts pile up. You've been through eight states in the last two weeks. You get sicker, and he self-destructs. If you two can't break that cycle, then I'm damn sure going to break it for you. Scully shook her head. No, it's not like that. Listen. Skinner's dark whisper was urgent now. I understand your anger. I share it. But I'm not going to let him compound this tragedy. Not on my watch. She glared at him. No, you'll just tie our hands and walk away. Skinner went rigid, his eyes narrowing. She could feel the controlled fight emanating from him, but she held his gaze without flinching. It's because I can't walk away, he said at last, that I'm standing here now, but you still can. She gave him a sarcastic chuff and turned away. Right. The FBI doesn't have your answers. Don't you see that by now? And who does, she demanded, whirling to face him again. Tell me, and I'll go get them. I'll go right now. He bowed his head, and her mouth turned down bitterly. That's what I thought. Skinner was quiet for a long time. All I know, he said, finally looking at Mulder in the hospital bed, is this is not the way. They arrived back in D.C. just in time for the intense late afternoon sun. It blazed through Mulder's windows and turned the room yellow. Mulder squinted as residual pain lanced through his skull. Scully jiggled the key out of the lock as he went to wrestle with the blinds. I'll get those, she called over her shoulder. You sit down. I've got it. He set his bag down and starred for the windows. 
Sit, she said, brushing him aside. He plopped onto the couch and rubbed his head. The room darkened as Scully blocked the sun. When he opened his eyes, he found her looking at him, her brow furrowed with concern. Does it hurt, she asked. I've got more Tylenol. No, it's fine. She was already heading for her bag. He sighed, irritated. Scully, leave it. I don't need any Tylenol. She halted for a second and then changed course. Okay, then. I'll just go make some tea. The temperature in the room was about 3 billion degrees, from the hot sun that had been pounding in all afternoon. The last thing Mulder wanted was tea. He nearly put a bullet in her brain, and she wanted to serve him tea. He felt his inner temperature rise. I don't want tea, he hollered in the direction of the kitchen. The only answer was the sound of running water and the cupboard door closing. He pushed himself off the couch and walked to the kitchen. Scully already had two mugs with tea bags seen on the counter. I don't want tea, he repeated. Fine. She moved the bag and says cup aside. I saw some orange juice in the fridge. Scully, stop it. He grabbed her as she moved towards the refrigerator. Just stop it. She looked up at him, but managed not to meet his eyes. What? This fussing. I'm fine. I don't need it, and I don't want it. Mulder, you aren't fine, she said, pulling away. You've collapsed four times in the last five days, and you were just released from the hospital this morning. You need rest. You need to take the pills they gave you. Let me help. He twitched and snapped. I could have killed you. That got her to close her mouth. I had my gun pointed right at you, Scully, with my finger on the trigger. I could have dropped you in a heartbeat. No, you couldn't have, she said with quiet certainty. Her blue eyes were so calm. How could she be so calm? She hadn't heard the noise in his head. He had been set to shoot her. He still wasn't sure why he hadn't. Gratitude and fear had been worrying inside him all day. I was going to kill you, he said slowly, emphasizing each word. You could have been dead, Scully. Doesn't that bother you? She moved past him to grab her mug and bring it closer to the stove. I'm not afraid of you, Mulder. Nothing you can say is going to change that. I knew you weren't going to shoot me. You weren't scared? God, he'd been terrified even then. She looked over at him. I was afraid for you, yes. You had been very seriously injured. Fuck that, he said, closing in on her again, backing her into the wall. I was hopped up on drugs and bleeding inside my skull. You didn't know what I was capable of. I knew you wouldn't hurt me. You knew nothing, he said his voice shaking. Just once, I'd like to hear you admit that. Anger flashed across her features at last. Admit that I was afraid? Why is that so important to you? I was psychotic and dangerous and could have killed you. And you're here with tea and sympathy like nothing ever happened. Maybe you can't admit it. Maybe you don't want to believe it. That some seriously bad shit was going down and there wasn't a damn thing that Dana Scully could do to control it. She tried to leave, but he blocked her. Mulder, stop it. Nothing, he practically roared. Nothing you could do. You could be dead, and you act like it doesn't matter at all. She looked at the floor. Of course it matters. And you aren't scared? You aren't angry? You seem to be angry enough for both of us, she said, attempting to push free. I think I should go. Fine, he said, releasing her abruptly. Go. He turned his back on her 
but he could still feel her presence in the room. I don't know what you want me to say, she said after a long minute. He faced her again. Anything, he whispered, his throat aching. Say anything. She held herself stiffly. I just don't see the point. It's over, and no amount of words will change that, she swallowed visibly. And they can't change the future either. She left, and Mulder slammed the cabinet door shut, a bang that shook the whole room. He wasn't about to let her disappear without a little noise. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.